Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody as right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get motorway. Hello and welcome to episode 170 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by... Ryan Beecham, Bochamp, Big Boach, whatever you want to call it. baby. Exactly. We're over the magic of Skype. Um, it's obviously a bit brighter down in Swindon than it is here. We've got some nice birds chirping to give us a bit of scenery. And then uh, we've got all sorts to get into. We've got the same kind of questions that I've been asking other guests over the last uh, week or so. And then we've got well, I, I can't think of anyone else we're going to have on here to talk about Blackburn. So, come on! If you're a Blackburn fan, this is the one to listen to. <laughs> they will come out the woodwork, mate. Exactly. Well, to be fair, yesterday I had a West Brom fan on. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's. I'm doing like a champion. I'm doing like a UK tour with a bit of Australia <laughs> in there as well, where we've had Sean on. Uh, what's the um, lowest division supporter you've had on here? I think that's probably it to be fair because if you heard the questions I was asking yesterday yeah. it was like I was speaking to like an alien because I was asking <laughs> like what was it like at school with supporting a championship team and I was saying like do you hate United like everyone else or is it like Leeds and going in that but he said most people at his school kind of supported Villa West Brom ah, or whatever yeah. he's from Dudley so okay okay I'm not anyway. from Lancashire, so... <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get to that. Because I've actually got more questions about Blackburn than I thought I did. <laughs> if, we start, yeah, if we start with um, UFC 249, and we won't go too in-depth, because I think we're going to do a bigger podcast on it next week, which you're welcome to jump on if you're free. But basically, nice first reactions, obviously mental that it's going ahead. Yeah, I do. I do find that very, very bizarre. Do we have any idea, like, what um he's talking about? This is going to be on a private island. What we... the, what it is is um this one actually is going to be in like America. Basically, he's got this island where obviously flights into and out of America are extremely limited, so yeah. they can't fly like international fighters in that aren't already there. Mm-hmm. So this island is so any international fighters, he can just fly them over and do events there. Okay. So what it looks like is um, 
they've got this venue and it's called like the it's called Tachi Palace, I think, and it's basically like a an old school casino. You know, like the ones you see well the equivalent of like a like a small hall show for like boxing yeah. where you've got like it can sit a couple of hundred people in there. It's basically like a big hall that like they're gonna hall. put. Yeah, basically like So this is where a load of the flyweights that are in the UFC now, because I've spoken to a couple of them, if you look down their like resume, yeah. they're like all all these fights at this same Tachi Palace. And from my understanding, it's basically it's in this certain part of I'm gonna say California, but I'm not certain. Yeah. Anyway, the the bit of land that it's on means technically it doesn't come under the jurisdiction of their athletic committee. Oh, okay. So there, can you remember? We'll get onto boxing in a bit, but when uh, Hey Chisora happened, yeah. I'm pretty sure it w- it wasn't done by the British Boxing Board because they wouldn't license the pair of them. Oh, because so it was the, done yeah. by some like crazy like European one that will like it, the one always used to be in Malta. When you get like a fighter that's coming like back at like 55, yeah. and they'll always be given like a license from there. So I think that's what's going to happen here. They're basically just going to get another athletic commission in that's willing to officiate, and mm-hmm. then they're going to do the fights there. I mean, I, I rate the effort for Dana to get it like get it going, but surely. So when it comes to obviously, are people going to be going to watch it? Is it behind closed no, doors? No. So it's it's behind closed doors. I think they're limiting the amount of like coaches they can have with them. Yeah. And then they're also, they claim they're going to test everyone, but I don't know what happens if someone tests positive and they've been around everyone else all week or whatever. Mm. And then obviously, it's not like a game of football where feasibly you can get out with 11 players with no injuries. Like someone is going to have to go to the hospital with this. Yeah. So my understanding is if nobody is going to be, is it pay-per-view? Sorry, Luke. It's, it's, absolutely definitely pay-per-view in america i'm not sure what it's going to be elsewhere i wouldn't be surprised if we get a thing pop up on bt on uh, monday of next week with an advert and at the end it says bt box office they're charging 65 quid for it in america (laughs) thing is people are gonna pay it mate people are gonna pay it they're exploiting it especially as um we were chatting earlier like you can't go to a bar to watch it so yeah. everyone that would usually go to a bar has a choice to make whether they don't watch it i think it's going to be the most illegally streamed event ever <laughs> but it's also going to do massive numbers yeah that's because the card itself is it's looking tasty it looks very very good so i think there's like 12 fights on the card if if you were given a hundred grand tomorrow and it was like when you get like a bet three six five free bet where you have to bet it before you can withdraw it. If you had to bet on how many fights make it to the card next Saturday night, say it's at twelve, how many would you predict? Mm. Just over half. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see it's it's not gonna be as smooth as no they'd like. It's it's, it's got to be when it comes down to the old organising stuff. Obviously, bearing in mind that this whole lockdown, certain things have got to go very differently. It's going to be a lot. 
I think there'll be a lot of complications coming closer to the time for not only the organisers, yeah. but for the fighters itself. I'm sure it. Dana can, and I wouldn't expect him to say anything different than, you know, we want to give people something to watch. I'm sure the only sporting event being on at that time and being able to put it on pay-per-view has nothing to do with it. But do you think it's one of them things like, you know, where you kind of go so hard on something, so you insist, like you put your foot down on something so much that you can't go back on it. It's like he talked himself into such a corner that his pride just meant he could never call the, call the card off. Yeah, you'd think under kind of circumstances, like every every sporting event literally yeah. in the world has is, been stopped. So I don't know why Dana would kind of think that way. It's not going to have any effect on him no. at all. If anything, I, it's kind of a bigger risk in the fact that he's trying to go ahead with it because, like you say, any anything goes wrong, it's gonna the spotlight's going to be on him because it's literally the only sporting event that's going to be on within the next what, yeah. couple of months. Well, he, he, he's, he's doing a fight card uh, every week for the next, like, two months now, he says. So, right. I mean, it's, the thing is, it's, I'm not going to be one of them where... I can I can say it shouldn't go ahead, which I'm sure every sane person will say, but at the same time, I'm happy it is because we yeah. all get something to watch. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to be on moral high ground and say I'm, I'm boycotting this because yeah, nah. they're still going to fight. No, nah, yeah, I say like, it's good. That is happening for us, but I just don't know. Something we just have to wait and see really, won't we? Yeah. So, if you just, without really any explanation, who who would you who are you picking in the main event next week, Ferguson or Gaethje? Ferguson. I'm going Gaethje, but I can. I know I can understand why. I just I, I don't know. See, Maybe yeah. Ferguson's been. He's been training for a start. <laughs> yeah. But then nowadays, used to say Gaethje hasn't been staying in the gym. Do you know what I mean? You don't really know. So Did you see? Say- his quote that he had uh, earlier, where is it? Because uh, it was class. He said, uh, I know I got about 18 to 19 minutes of pure hell, pure fury, and I know how hard I hit. But after that, it's going to be extremely tough to fight with Tony Ferguson in that space. When I go in there, I go, I'll give 100% as I do every time. And he said, he said it in another quote. He was like, I know how my fights go. Either I'm going to knock him out or he's going to knock me out. And he's completely fine with that. That's not something that kind of that's not something you would say if you're going into a fight expecting a win, really, is it? Well, to be fair, he said that for like every fight he has. Oh, he's really? Just like he's like, I've made peace with it. This is what happens when you fight how I fight. Fair enough. He he credential wise, he's like in the top five wrestlers in the UFC, but he just doesn't use it. No. So do you There's think? So you carry on, Yeah, there's this guy. Um, so Ben Askren, when he came in, like the only thing he really had going for him was uh, his wrestling. Essentially, that was what they were like. If he gets you down, you're not going to get back up, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and there's this guy, Jordan Burroughs, who is like an Olympian yeah. for America, and he is like 10 times better than Askren. Like they did this charity wrestling match. And. Gaethje has a win over him from when they were in college. So he's like ridiculous. Okay. But he's like, he, he said, 
if he was to take someone down for 15 minutes, he wouldn't feel like he's accomplished winning a fight. He wouldn't feel like he's had a fight. So he'd rather yeah. stand in there and throw hands. But that's kind of like... The great thing for us. Is, yeah, that's kind of like the thing as well. I guess where Ferguson's been preparing for Khabib, who is just an outright wrestler, maybe Gaethje's going to want to switch it up anyway because he knows yeah. that's what Ferguson's been preparing for. Yeah, it, it, it can't... It can't be anything but a good fight for as long as it lasts with the pair mm. of them in there. So once, basically everyone just has to forget that it was going to be Khabib Ferguson and just be glad they're seeing Ferguson Gaethje. Yeah. Do you reckon Khabib and Ferguson will ever fight? I don't know, because this is the fifth time that it's been made and fallen through. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know. <laughs> well, this one's for the interim belt, so I guess they're hoping that Ferguson can beat um, Gaethje because Gaethje yeah. was the only other guy who they were saying deserved it more than McGregor to get back in there. So yeah, if he wipes true. him out, then he can say, look, I've tried making this fight five times. It's not going to happen. Connor's going to get in there and fight and then Tony can fight the winner is how I can see things playing out. Yeah. Do you, um, another fight I wish that was, they put on the card is... But then I guess it couldn't have happened because I don't think they can fly out. Is Edwards fighting Woodley? Yeah, I don't think that fight is ever going to happen there. Do you not? Well, was that that was the um, that was the March, UFC London it? event? Yeah, so um, that would have been a but, good fight to put on. Yeah, it would have, but they'll try and make the Colby one now, I imagine. And Edwards, for as good as he is, and it's a more winnable fight for Woodley he doesn't hold the same appeal that a Colby yeah. fight does. So he's going to have to, he's just going to have to count as count himself as unlucky and then just take whatever comes his way next. Yeah. The way that division is, there's enough fighters that you can make a name off someone else anyway. Mm-hmm. So people come and go so quick, don't they? Yeah. Elsewhere on the card, I know um, Greg Hardy is the, Chief support, basically, weirdly above Ngannou. Mm-hmm. Do you do you know much about Greg Hardy? Like the controversy mm-hmm. there. No. Basically, um, he was in the NFL and he was like a very good player there, and he was accused of um, beating up his girlfriend. Oh boy! And it, it, it's one of them where it was like he did do it, and the case was I, I'm not sure if he it was a payout or something. Yeah. But essentially, you'll struggle to find anyone in that's like a fan of him. He gets booed every time he fights or whatever. And I think that he's he's obviously given opportunities because he's a name or whatever. People want to see him get knocked out, so they're going to pay to see him fight. Mm-hmm. Some people say that he shouldn't be allowed to fight, but it's like he's going to have to work. So yeah. surely you'd rather him in an environment where he is actually fighting and he has the potential to get knocked out or at least express his anger there. I mean, that's that's kind of something you could talk about and debate about for hours, isn't it? If, if you black-marked every fighter in the UFC, boxing or whatever, that had a criminal conviction against them, you wouldn't have many left. That's, that's, that's a fair point as well, yeah. 
because there was a guy, I think it was on the last time Greg Hardy fought, and um, he he killed someone. He was driving dangerously and killed someone, and he got less of a reaction than Hardy did. So, <laughs> oh, crazy! I think there's a footballer that's done that as well. Yeah. Oh, there is. A um, goalkeeper. I know who you mean. And I can't think of the guy's name, but I'm sure I'll come to us the second we finish. Yeah. I was going to say, this this uh, island thing that they have uh, for the UFC reminded me of, like, that whole genre of films that you have, like Battle Royale, Hunger Games, The Condemned, Death the Race, Condemned. all that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Essentially, be this, yeah, they sold it on, this is Stone Cold killing people <laughs> on an island. And everyone of a certain age was like, this sounds like a bit of me. <laughs> I um I seen someone talking on uh, Twitter as well about how they think. Have you ever watched the fire festival thing on? Netflix? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about how they think it could be a repeat. Of that. <laughs> it's essentially like a Mortal Kombat, where you hire an <laughs> island so people can go out there and fight. I've got you have Vinnie Jones in the Condemned as well. <laughs> Vinnie Jones and Stone Cold opposite each other is one hell of a film. That is. It was made by WWE as well. <laughs> what a film. What are them films though, that people will criticise but you know what you're getting when you go into that? We we said this on the podcast before about like Fast and Furious, Saw. Yeah. You know what you're getting with them so I don't know how you could expect anything else. Mm-hmm. The little tangent I had here, so The Hunger Games was one that fits into this. And it was one of them where when it first came out, it was deemed as like a girl's film, essentially. Yeah. And then everyone who watched it enjoyed it. Do you have any films that you're embarrassed to say that you like? (laughs) Do you know what? As soon as you started going on to this question, I had a film come straight into my head. (laughs) Go on. Twilight. (laughs) Mate, I can sit Uh, there and watch every single Twilight film. (laughs) Um, I'll, I'll agree that I have seen them, some of them in the cinema. So, I mean, another one. They were what they were. It's like you just have to accept them. Yeah. What? Tip. Give me your ultimate chick flick. Ultimate chick flick. Uh, P.S. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you sitting there and watching that. Mate, I love that, honestly. That is a classic, mate. I genuinely... with, a ben, with a Ben and Jerry's on a Sunday in the dark. <laughs> Stroking the a little cry, Having a little cry. <laughs> oh, man. I've You're got the red. tangents lined up perfectly here. So from one thing that will make you cry to the next, if we get onto Blackburn. <laughs> oh, that's an emotional rollercoaster, that is. Yeah. So why, why do you support Blackburn? Hey, do you know what it was? So it was in the year 2000 I remember 2000-2001 season it was and the Worthington Cup finals on the TV and Blackburn were playing Tottenham and I watched I watched the full game Blackburn came out 2-1 winners and it was literally from that point I said to myself I'm going to I'm going to support Blackburn now and this then is where like glory ever, supporting goes wrong yeah you could say that because ever since then <laughs> I've, I've loved them man but yeah it's from, from um, there mate it's the downhill. first game <laughs> Yeah, the first one I watched, I can like I watched games before. The first game I can consciously remember watching is the 2001 FA Cup final, Arsenal Liverpool, where Owen scored two in like the last ten minutes, and then 
I was with Arsenal from before then already, but like consciously yeah. from then onwards. So, you see, Arsenal's a team I follow as well. Christ, I Arsenal can't... and Blackburn is a is a rough road. That's why I'm losing my hair, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking, I was looking down when I was prepping for this at some of the names that have been in charge of Blackburn. It's like it's it's kind of you know when they made the Expendables and it was essentially all of the kind of finished actors went and made a film together. I mean, you've got Dalgleish, Soonis, Hodgson, Brian Kidd, Mark Hughes, Paul Ince, Lee Bowyer, Lambert, Owen Coyle and Tony Mowbray. And that's what, that's about 10 there, which is more than I've seen manage Arsenal in my lifetime. Do you know what's crazy as well? It's more than, I think more than half of those names you just said are all since the Venkies have taken over. Yeah. Which says a lot. What What are your thoughts on Allardyce? I liked Allardyce. It's, I mean, it's, I don't think he should have got sacked when he got when he did. I mean, it went downhill from there, didn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it, um, his... Keen, Keen came in after Allardyce, didn't he? That's it. Venkies I... took the Venkies, Venkies took over, sacked Allardyce, brought in Steve Keen. Yeah, because I literally had a thing about Steve Keane. So I've been to Ewood Park once, travelled down for a 12.45 or 12.30 kickoff, I think it was then. Mm. And we lost, we were 2-0 up and lost 4-3. And there was protest before the game about one in Steve Keane sacked. Yeah. There was protest after the game, after we'd lost for Steve Keane to be sacked. And it was a proper... When you have like a fancy team at the top of the league and you say they've got to go and play away at Blackburn, it was like a foggy drive down, hammering down with rain for the 90 minutes. We had a Shamak up top and after being 2-0 up, I'm pretty sure you went 4-2 up and then Shamak made it 4-3 and uh, he got stuck in the net. So I was behind that goal and he slid. I think it was a header. I don't even think I watched match of the day that night, but yeah, he got stuck in the net when he tried doing the like grab the ball and run back to the halfway <laughs> line quick, and he couldn't get out of the net. That's some Shamak up. <laughs> yeah, Jovino uh, played in that game as well. Oh yeah. Um, Arteta, I'm pretty sure. I think it was like it was a January game, like right after Arsenal had that mental deadline day where they signed like six players, so like Andre Santos, Jovino. Oh yeah. Arteta, Mertesacker just went in on the last day. Park Chu Young, I think, was one of them. Who did they... Um... Um, Sorry, man, didn't mean to interrupt you. That that's other, right. other striker. Did he come through the youth or did they... Oh, what was it? Jan, Sino... Jan Sinogo. Did they sign Oh, him? Yaya Sinogo. That's yeah, it. Um, we signed him from, like, I think it might have been Oaks Air, like a second league French team. He scored like 20 seconds into his debut, which was against Dortmund at home in the Champions League. And then it was downhill from there. I, I remember he in it was an Emirates Cup. Think yeah, Arsenal I was played, there. Arsenal played Benfica and he, he bagged a hat-trick. <laughs> yeah, he, he scored four. <laughs> he scored four. Yeah, because he tried that. celebrating his hat-trick and he, he fell over he on fell the over, turf. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I remember watching we, that game, and I thought, yeah, you know um, what? maybe it could be for him this season, but he went quiet again after that. <laughs> yeah. 
on Monday's podcast, we did like uh, what's your like, I was there moment in sport, and that would be one of them, to be fair, seeing him bag four. <laughs> Who, who's your favourite Blackburn player ever? Ever or just kind of, I'll do it from kind of like memory. Yeah, yeah. And the two that comes to my head, I've got two. And I'd have to, well, do you know what? There's Blackburn have had some good players, but during the time that I can remember, like Jordan Rhodes, mate, he was, he's been, he was my favourite when he was here. He was a hero for me. I remember him scoring a last-minute pen on like a, a goals galore. Aka, wait, that guy could finish. He's one of them where they leave and nothing really happens. As I say, we, he was at Huddersfield and he was absolute goal machine for Huddersfield, like ridiculous. And then we signed him. We kind of we got goals out of him. I kind of wish. I think if we had a not. Like doubting our strikers now and Danny Graham and Sam Bell. You place Sam Gallagher out on the wing. I don't understand that. But um, yeah, Danny Graham could score for us. But I reckon with the squad we've got now with, with Tony Mowbray, I think if we had an, an informed Jordan Rhodes in, in that starting 11, I reckon we would be pushing. I mean, we're kind of pushing playoffs now. We're a bit inconsistent. I don't think we'll quite reach well, depending if the season goes on. I don't think we will quite reach it. But I think if we had that informed Jordan Rhodes in this squad, I think without a doubt we'd be playoffs pushing automatic promotion. It's it's mad some players though, like Rudy Gusted was banging them in and yeah. then left and then it never happened. Mm-hmm. B three sold him to Middlesbrough, I think. Yeah. And I mean yeah, like again, we had him and Rhodes up front. I mean them two could bag together. That's he's another one that could fit into the squad that we've got today. But I'd yeah. say um <laughs> I reckon my, my two favourite has gotta be two guy in Vaughan Gantz Pedersen, without a doubt. Everyone loved Gant Pedersen. He's, he's like a, uh like legend. Torres, Cazorla, JJ Kotcher, them players that just like nobody dislikes. Mm-hmm. He had the left foot of an absolute oh, Is yeah. he is he one of them where like the people that probably hold him in the highest regards are the ones that are seeing him in a little clip on match in a day where he's scoring a free kick or something. How good do you think he actually was? Well, I mean, his set pieces, like you say, his set pieces were near enough perfection every time. The, the guy was, he was just like a wizard. And do you know what as well? I think it was, is like, obviously following Blackburn when you would see him in like kind of clips off the field mate he was one of the nicest guys he seemed yeah. like one of the nicest got a friendly guys. face <laughs> yeah he seemed like one of the nicest friendliest kind of guys that you could ever kind of probably meet and I think that's what won a lot of the fans over as well bearing in mind he did all this talking mostly on the pitch yeah. but if you think like around the time so you had the top four and then it was kind of Everton Spurs would kind of be the kind of tier below that. Yeah. Do you reckon he, he could have played for one of them quite easily? There was a rumour at one point where I think United wanted him. Was it United that wanted him? It probably, that sounds about right. I think I think he could have easily fit into one of them one of them teams. I mean, it could potentially, I don't want to like talk down on him, but it could potentially be where kind of like sometimes players around you can kind of make you look a better player but I reckon he was that player to make other players look better well so, yeah you get some don't you like yeah. you had 
Carrick went from Spurs to United, obviously paid off very well. Same with Berbatov. And then you have some where, say, uh, someone like Sigurdsson, where he made the move, didn't up to a higher club, didn't yeah. go to plan, went back, and then he's kind of found his level. Like you could probably imagine, I could probably imagine if that has happened to Edison back in that time, to be fair. Maybe a team like Everton, I think he could have got in, but if he had made that move to United, I reckon that would have been it for him. And him and him and Tim Cale behind the strikers at Everton. Oh. It would have been lovely. <laughs> I was looking at um, Yakubu, because Yakubu oh, scored. Mate. He came around, He, I think his first game at Blackburn was the same game that I went to where uh, we lost. And I looked, and he, he only played 30 games for Blackburn in the league. He scored 17 goals. Yeah, that was, I think, as well. That was the year we got relegated. Yeah, that was the Steve Keane year. So, so to, to score 17 goals and still get relegated. Like I mean, has there ever been a team been that has, had a, has there ever been a team that have had a player score that many and still get relegated? Did Swansea stay up when Michu was there? They did, didn't they? Yeah, I think I think they might have scraped it. Cause they had that- um, they used to beat us every time. They had um, Leon Britton in the midfield as well. He used to just have a worldie every single time in the <laughs> middle of the park against us. Do you know what else reminds me of a bad team for Arsenal? Bolton, yeah, <laughs> with, with with Stelios, yeah, because <laughs> that was when you used to have more like FA the FA Cup early games on like BBC and ITV. It'd always be like a five thirty Saturday game, <laughs> and when it hits like sixty minutes and it's nil nil or whatever, you just know you can yeah. see Allardyce grinning on a touchline, and big bold Stelios <laughs> or Kevin Davis or pop up and do us dirty. Didn't Anelka play from them times as well? Yeah, he was a bit later, I think. But he really is one where it's like he got bored doing like a career mode and just kept asking to be transferred because he literally did like a... He played for a a mental amount of clubs. Hmm, He's been around the block, hasn't he? Massively. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's still playing, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? I think he's playing in, like, Qatar or somewhere like that. Blimey. There's got to be a time where Conte's just got to think, mate. He's, enough's he's, enough's. A, he's, a, he's a manager now. A manager? Yeah, he manages um, Lille's youth team. I should have known that because I always get him to manage my under-19s on Football Manager. Football Manager. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love that Football Manager. One of my favourite things is sorting all my staff out at the start of the game where it, which takes ages so I basically sack everyone Probably Joel Batts and Rui Barbosa as goalkeeping coaches are always my guys but I love if you go on the staff search and narrow it down to you can tab like international caps and just put one and yeah. then you can see gradually as you go through the years all the ex-pros coming through and basically just put them as your coaches I love seeing the little partnerships you can make I think I'd like Crouchy and Robinho as the manager and assistant for my like under twenty threes before. <laughs> Robinho, someone in the class. Playing. Who knows with him? To be fair, I remember sitting. I'd imagine when, not. But when City got all that taken over and they became 
one of the richest clubs in football, and I remember watching Sky Sports News, and out of the blue, uh, City signed him. Thinking, yeah, he's playing what? for um, Istanbul Bazak Sahir. So I, that's the best I'm pronouncing that. <laughs> God, they got a class team. They've got uh, he's playing up top with Denver Bar. What? And they've got and their defense. They've got Skirtle. They've got um, Gail Clichy still playing. Clichy. Yeah, they've got that. Um, like uh, Elia or Elia that played for oh, uh, yeah he played for like Hamburg Juve Werder yeah. Bremen so they basically it's like they just set to whose contracts have expired on football manager and they're just picking up all <laughs> the pieces all the old the old guys the old legends yeah they've got Gokhan Inler Christ <laughs> they've got some class players playing there where are they in their division I don't actually know. Um, not sure. I'll have to have a look. But some then the rest of their players, I don't know if they've got like a wage structure because they all look like like the regen names you get in like twenty thirty. <laughs> but like Mertz, Gunok, Volkan, Babakan, Frederick Goldbranson. They got some mental names there. <laughs> like pro clubs on FIFA. Yeah, exactly. If we move on then to some boxing, so what's the earliest fight that you can remember watching, or even the first one that kind of made you a fan? So I remember watching Ricky Hatton and Floyd Mayweather. That was the very yeah. first fight I, I watched, and I was. A little bit of a boxing fan back then, but I mean, I was quite young, so I wasn't massively kind of into it. But in my life, everyone went mental for Hatton as well. Yeah, he made he fought very well, fought very like quite aggressive, wasn't he? But it's kind of the cliche now, but the referee did him no favors. Every every time they were close, the referee would stop it, and then that dirty check hook to (laughs) slump him in the corner. So I think he gave he gave Mayweather a run for his money. But um, back then, I was kind of more of a football fan. Yeah. So I didn't really pay much attention to boxing. I've kind of started paying more attention to boxing, like, kind of like when I became, like, 18, 19. And I've just kind of grew massively, a massive fan of it since then. Quite like some of the British fighters when you look back. Like, the ones now, they're usually the most irritating, the British guys. Because they have the ego of a Calzaghi while having the ability of Christ. Who knows what? <laughs> What's that guy? What's his name? Oh, something Dutch. <laughs> oh, it's Dorian Dutch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a bloke. I don't think he has the ego. <laughs> no, he knows what he Billy. is. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who would be your favourite fighter ever? Favourite fighter ever? Hmm. I have to think about this. Uh, I've got quite a few fighters that I like, like that are around now. Who's your uh, favourite yeah. fighter now? I'm a mass I'm a massive fan of Dave Allen. Great guy. He he's an absolute legend. I think kind of don't get me wrong. I mean he can throw his weight about in the ring but technically he's not amazing but I don't know, I just kind of I've listened to like podcasts that he's done and kind of where he talks about his past and stuff and he sounds like he can throw it a little bit. So he kind of yeah. got respect that. 
I um I I interviewed him before he fought um Luis Ortiz, and you see him in interviews now where he says like he genuinely went in like believing he was going to win. Yeah. And he said as much like when I spoke to him. I obviously you don't say you've not got a chance in hell, but it's like you respect the stepping up because I I remember he said. Uh, he was like, look, I can fight a bit. I'm a good-looking bloke. I don't know why Eddie Hearn hasn't actually signed me yet. <laughs> and obviously, he's then gone on to work with him countless times. Yeah. He's um just signed to MTK Global now, isn't he? Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see where he goes from there. I just, he just needs to take it a bit more serious. I, I feel like he treats boxing as a bit of a joke. Yeah, I, I mean, think... That's, that's fair enough, but... Oh, I mean, people like to pay to watch him. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be at that weight either. Where not taking no. it serious, because the worst thing you can be when you don't take it serious is tough. Because then you just get, you don't even have the satisfaction of kind of having it end. You mm-hmm. just keep going, and people will still keep booking you because you'll go rounds. Yeah. If so, if you, oh, sorry. No, can you carry on, mate? I was gonna say. On an evening, say there's a boxing card on and there's an MMA card, which one would you choose to watch? Boxing. But I I would have always said this, but the undercard on boxing is what would stop me. So I See, usually funny. now I would watch the UFC and then I switch over for the main events or record it and try and avoid it and then watch after. They're so bad, the undercards on 90% of boxing cards. That's interesting you say that because I was literally about to say the same about like, UFC. Like, I what, the UFC undercards for the, the UFC? Card, but I can't stand the undercards. But the, the, yeah. the, thing, the thing with the, the UFC is even if you don't know the guys, kind of, you'll get more names on a boxing like undercard for sure. But you'll rarely look at a UFC card where even the first fight of the night is like a one to a hundred shot. And I'd rather have a lesser quality 50, 50 than a high quality, like one person just betting on the round of when they're going to win. Yeah. I guess as well, what it is, because obviously I'm more knowledgeable on kind of boxing than UFC, but I don't know. It's like in UFC, is there kind of more names pushing to come through? Whereas what? in kind of on kind of like boxing, you see undercards and you kind of look at the names and you think you've seen like most of them before. But when I look at UFC and I look at the names, I think I don't know. I like not I know quite a few UFC fighters. I recognise names, but when I look at the undercards on a lot of them, I don't recognise many names. No. Well, the best thing that you can have with the UFC is it like the UFC is the equivalent to Eddie Hearn having like every fighter all the top fighters. So it's the equivalent of him having Wilder, Fury, mm. AJ, all of them. So when AJ and Wilder fought each other in, in that respect, it wouldn't matter to him who won because he has both fighters. So in the yeah. UFC, probably McGregor aside, it doesn't really matter whether who wins or loses for the guys in charge because they own both of them anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's more appeal so you you don't have to really wait around for fights in the UFC because you're going to get the two guys like you wouldn't have 
or very rarely McGregor facing Holloway in like his third UFC fight. Yeah. Like you can, you can think with boxing, you can think of like, uh, Groves to Gale, um, Fitzgerald Fowler, where Fitzgerald wasn't really meant to have a chance too much there. He was meant to be a name that got knocked over, but you don't really get that type in boxing like you would with the UFC. So even if I would say, if you watched the UFC undercard, like from the start, next time it's on, you'll see like a fighter, even if it's just one or two on the card where you'll, you'll pick them out and then you'll find yourself looking out for them on the next time they fight. And then you'll, it'll be more fun to kind of follow along with them because you can see guys like McGregor's the easy example, but because of how big he is, but you can see someone like, uh, Max Holloway. So you can see someone like Max Holloway develop and then go on to be, the champion and you can see kind of eat yeah and it's more rewarding seeing having seen them lose to then bounce back and do it than if you see in boxing and like if if there was two main events i'm kind of rambling here but if it was two main events i'm going to watch the boxing one 90 percent of the time i prefer boxing as kind of a, a sport but it's more rewarding for me having seen Groves bounce back from the defeats to win the title than it would have been if Groves had stayed undefeated and fought six or seven guys that you've never heard of and then picked yeah. up like a vacant title. Yeah, I see what you said. So I think you get more of a journey with uh, with UFC. Yeah. Yeah, that makes and sense. And I guess it's shorter as well, so you're not sitting there for potentially 36 yeah. minutes watching watching some one guy just get battered so it's kind of like i guess that it is what it is like i said like if you sit there and watch because like i said i sit and watch the boxing undercards like you say you, you sit there you start picking one or two names out you kind of look out for them which is i guess like you say if i started watching ufc undercard i'd start recognizing more fighters picking yeah, fighters it's... out and then i'd start looking out for them more and then i guess it would just kind of like grow like that wouldn't it and it is kind of just ufc because the bellator prelims are just as brutal as some of the boxing ones where it's just knockovers and i would rather see a knockover boxing match than a knockover mma match yeah i mean at least you can see someone get knocked out like see someone get held down for 15 minutes when they're not on the level of someone else is maybe the most painful thing ever yeah I think I think a wrestler will always be a striker. Yeah, ninety percent of the time, you're right. It's kind of like when you can see in boxing where you get a style clash, and you, if you ever make the case for someone saying if they land, then you should never be betting on that person. Mm-hmm. That's true, mate. That so true. you've uh, started boxing last year. Yeah, mate. The year before, last year, yeah. Yeah. So you've had one fight, one win. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's why uh, yeah. so I started doing white collar. Now I've literally yeah. just started doing amateur, and then this has happened. So it's kind of yeah. gone old. <laughs> well, I mean, even with even with it being white collar, you still got in there with someone yeah. who's intending to knock you out, beat you, knock you out, whatever, rather than being there sparring with you, which I know. Mm-hmm sparring isn't 
like what you think when you're younger, yeah. just kind of jabbing each other or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like yeah, there's yeah. more ill intent with that. Mm-hmm. So before we get onto that, I was going to say, would you say having trained how to fight, you watch boxing differently once you've done it? Like after you've had your first driving lesson and even in the passenger seat, you start looking in the mirrors and looking around the corner at a roundabout or whatever, or is it still just enjoy it for what it is? No, do you know what? I um, start looking at it differently. When I'm, do you know, when I watch a box, because I start watching a lot of boxing now, I'm always watching it on YouTube, I'm always watching old fights. And do you know what I find myself watching the most is um, footwork. Yeah. I think, I think it's all, I've kind of, I'm starting to learn in the fact that it's all in, it's all in your feet. Like anyone can yeah. throw a punch, but it's, um, you look at like the top boxers, I mean, well, heavyweights, I guess. But then Lomachenko is the perfect example. His movement is ridiculous. And because of, because of that, he look, he's had what? He had 300 amateur fights and only lost one. Yeah. And then he's absolutely storming the pro game as well. So I do think, um, footwork is key in boxing, I think. That's why I find myself watching the most. I'll, uh, between some of us that do the podcast, I'll, sort you a YouTube playlist with some fights to sit and watch when you've got time because there's some bangers on YouTube which uh, you might not have seen. I've, um, let's see, what's the, what's what I was watching the other day? Honestly, I can't remember. Do you know, I always like watching, I don't know why I like watching it, but I just find myself watching it is, um, I'll always watch first Joshua Ruiz fight and then go on to watch the second one because yeah. it's it's just good to see the um the changes that was made yeah it's like the perfect example of having a game plan sticking to a game plan and it working the the Kelzaghi documentary is one to watch if you've not seen it that's a really good I think it's only like an hour and a half is that on Amazon but I think I've seen that on Amazon I think it is or it was at one point I think it is but, still on there, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely worth it. So, are you when are you looking to have another fight? Is it just essentially as soon as things are back up and running, and well, you can like, be in the gym for a bit? Yeah, that's like because literally, um, I got my amateur card sorted out, so that was all done. I had my medical, got it all sorted. There was going to be a show on, um on a Sunday, but it was like literally as this was the whole coronavirus thing was building up. Yeah. And they were trying they were gonna try and get me matched up on that for my first amateur fight. So like I've been training hard anyway, kind of I always like to kind of stay ready. And then it got cancelled and then that's it. It's like I've, then I'm at the gym. So it's like you train hard for absolutely nothing. I'm trying I'm trying to keep kind of ticking over now, just going out for jogs, like shadow boxing in the garden and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's it's frustrating. It is frustrating. You need to like get, you, um, like you say, it's kind of. Um, sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry. Right. Go on. It's kind of like um, this train hard for like six to eight weeks, and then obviously you're ready. But then it's like this has happened. So then I'm trying to try and so I am staying fit, but I'm trying to keep the weight off as well. But yeah. it's like when I'm back in the gym, finally, it's going to be like another six to eight weeks to probably lose the weight again. 
So I just think, oh. You need to dig a dig a PS2 out and get one of the old fight nights. That can be that can that can be a sparring. I tell you what, I've I've seen that they might be in talks of getting another fight night game coming out. I'd be hesitant. They they say this every year usually, and it never happens. So I wouldn't get too excited. It's because they keep making UFC ones. I think I think the issue is um, the licensing. Like how much they have to pay, like each, like the UFC is easy because none of them own their own image. Like the UFC owns it all, so they can negotiate easy. Yeah. Whereas that's why you would never find Mayweather in any of the old games. I was because... just about, I was just about to say that Mayweather's never in the in the games. But even then, like there was a there was a game that I think was on PS One when we were younger. And it was called Ready to Rumble Boxing, and even if you made a boxing game now with like realistic graphics, but say you did it like Pro Evo and you just had fake names, pe- people would still be all over it. They'd still play it, yeah, definitely. Like Manny Wackiow and Floyd Dayweather <laughs> and people would be all over it. <laughs> I would probably be like Roberto Larcos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the North, Lo- North London Red. <laughs> Was it Lancashire, Lancashire Blue? Lancashire Blue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a game idea there. <laughs> Could be onto so, something. Yeah. Going from losing weight and onto this. So we spoke on a podcast recently. We were talking about um, the kind of perfect drink and snack. If you could have one to last you until the virus was over. But if we go the whole hog here, so... I was trying to order a takeaway on Saturday night, as I usually would, yeah. for whatever was on. And basically everywhere's closed, so I was having a nightmare. Actually, the only time I've left the house since this virus blew over was to go and get a burger from Brockwalk Kebab because I was just desperate for a burger. Yeah. And so here, if we build the perfect fast food menu, so if you take into account here... We won't class, say, like the likes of Nando's Five Guys as being fast food. So we're talking like Burger King, KFC, McDonald's, all this yeah. business, yeah? So burger of choice. If you're building the perfect menu here, which burger are you taking? Oh. Mate, do you know what? I'm going to have to go. With... The thing is... I remember I've not had one in ages, but Burger King, their yeah. burgers were banging. I and think I'd go for the XL bacon double cheese from Burger King. Mate, do you know what? I think that's the one I'm thinking of. I was just about to say there's one I'm thinking of. It had bacon in it, but I can't remember what. Yeah. It is. I don't know what their their burgers are called. There, there's one that, if you remember the advert, it was mental. It was called like the Bacon King, where they literally put an entire pack of bacon into a burger <laughs> and people would say it's ridiculous if you were to complain about having too much bacon in your burger but i had it once and it literally was like too much bacon in the burger yeah like it was mental it <laughs> must have been like 10 rashes of bacon in there it was insane <laughs> That's on, too that, much, like, on top of a burger yeah it was just for the selling point i guess but it was mental some people go mad for it though don't they well, that did well in America, mate. So I'm just trying to see how many it was. Uh, it was now, but was it? 
an Angus burger. They had an Angus burger, didn't they? Yeah. It was it was it was eight regular sized rashers of bacon in the burger. Did that cheese in it as well? Yeah, and oh, and obviously it was two burgers, burger. eight rashers two of bacon burgers. and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it was insane. Oh man. So there's that. So that wouldn't be the one of choice, but XL bacon double cheese. Which fries are you taking? Fries. Wait, I can't go with Burger King again. It's got to be McDonald's, surely. Well, I was going to say KFC, but KFC have changed theirs now, haven't they? I, I think they have. I actually, I actually quite like the new KFC ones, but I think I'm the only one. Yeah, do you know it's, what? I'll get it's McDonald's. like the skin on chips. Mm, I'm going to go with McDonald's. All right. Drink, drink of choice. Drink of choice. KFC, Pepsi. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, like a Burger King Coke is different to a McDonald's Coke, for example. Yeah, no, I agree with that. They all they all taste different, but I think a KFC Pepsi Max that would be my go-to, definitely. I'm going for the Burger King drink where they've got that machine that has like every drink. So a cherry Coke alongside one of these for me. In freestyling, cream of the crop, that would be. <laughs> Dessert of choice. Can anything top the McFlurry? No. And what McFlurry would you pick? Uh, this isn't good if you're out. if you're trying to keep weight off during, during this hey, time. Talk about all these. I'm sorry, I'm driven, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they did a Maltese one, didn't they? Yeah. That's, that's probably the, that's the slate this. that came to my head. I um, have no no topping on my McFlurry. What, you just have the ice cream? I just have the plain. I don't like having to crunch it. All right, can we, can we cut the pod now, mate? Nice, <laughs> nice smooth. They're, they're ice cream class as well. <laughs> Their ice cream machine's always broke, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love their ice cream. fair enough, man. But what, why? Why do you have no topping? I just I don't like having to crunch it. My favourite like tub of ice cream would be like the vanilla Hagen does. Or to be fair, I don't mind the the cookie dough Ben and Jerry's. I don't like having when it's got like biscuit in there and you've got to properly crunch it. No, I don't actually like ice cream. And you were slating me, mate. I I know, but so you'll you'll ask for the Maltesers with no ice cream. If I could, I'd get a pack. But yeah, I don't just, know. Not, uh, just a crunched up pot of Maltesers. Not that I don't like it. I just I just think it's so pointless. Oh, I'm not having this. But uh, do you know no, but do you know do you know why I think that I'll go into depth? Just because obviously where I used to be big and I've lost weight and then I kinda of look at food differently. I kinda of look at ice cream and think there is absolutely nothing in it that is good <laughs> for you at all. <laughs> That's why it's nice. It's just sugar. I mean, to be fair, there's not that much good stuff in an XL bacon double cheese. That's true, but I get more satisfaction <laughs> out of it. <laughs> yeah. What? What's your like? I if we if we're eliminating, so this is no longer the menu, but the best type of takeaway for you? Best type Indian. Indian. So that my next yeah. question was going to be Indian or Chinese, but that answers that. Indian, hundred <laughs> percent. 
And how often these days are you bagging a takeaway? Oh, mate, I ain't going to lie to you. Well, before this um, whole lockdown saga, I reckon I'd have curry, like, order a curry once a month, something like that. But that might be a lot on the weekend, I ordered two. <laughs> I thought you were going to say once a week and I was going to feel a bit better. <laughs> I've been not, having Friday and Saturday the last, nah, <laughs> last however long. Only because um, if I was to order one, I'd order one for my mum and brother as well. But obviously, it can't do that because it'd be too expensive, man. Yeah. So you kind of make a treat out of it. You have but to I mean, put it I... in the Just Eat instructions to pass it through your window or something. <laughs> now nah, they've been um, being on the doorstep, man. Do you yeah, know I know. I blooming... So listen, I... Um, ordered a curry uh, a couple of weeks ago and this was kind of it was just kind of when it was building up to this point now so like people weren't so hot on like kind of like the contact and stuff but it was just kind of some people were starting to get a bit funny about it some people were still kind of a bit like it was going over their heads and the guy knocked on so I was at the door in um in gardening gloves <laughs> <laughs> and um so mate he stood at the doorstep so he's like um He's come over, he's um, put the food on the doorstep, he stood like quite distant away, and then he's told me to put the money on the side and then shut the door, he's come and got the money, knocked, and then I've opened the door, <laughs> and he's then stood at the doorstep again so I can then take food. I'm thinking, wow. Oh, Go up here on card. Most of us prefer most yeah, places really accept nah, card now. I, I think it's just card now, yeah. They literally like whack on the door with like a fist chuck it and then one or the other week they'd they'd driven off by the time i got down there he gave me a little (laughs) thumbs up out the window and that that was it this this is the opposite here so we're going to ask now i'm asking everyone this um whether you feel that you could be a pro athlete so i've got a bunch of scenarios here and you say whether you think that you could pull this off so could you score a penalty past De Gea? Is there a crowd? No. I'll take my chance. I reckon I could. Could you land a jab on Lomachenko? <laughs> I'm going to back myself. I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> You're the second person to back themselves, yeah. <laughs> um, could you take down any ranked athlete in the UFC? So from the women's 115 pounds to the men's heavyweight, could you take one of them down? I'll charge straight at that Joanna Jerkworth. <laughs> oh. As soon as that, I'll do a um, Jorge Masvidal on Ben Askren face. As soon as that whistle's gone, I'm running out of rope for the leg. <laughs> Body slam. That's it. Yeah, I could. So if if you were up against any NBA player, they gave you a 9-0 lead, first to 10 baskets. Do you think you could get the one basket to win before they reel off 10 in a row? Uh, do you know what I'm going to say? when If I ever had a ball in my hand and I was just shooting at a hoop, I would say, actually, no, because they're going to be blocking it, aren't they? Yes, yeah, so you I can shoot from I, range. but Yeah, but I was going to say that, but what are the chances of them blocking it? I could say See, I could probably score one fluky shot in 10 without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, that's all but you need. Depending on their defence. Well, I'll say, yeah. I was going to say, you've fallen into the trap here that this other lad did. And once you say you can land a jab on Lomachenko, you have set the bar quite high for, <laughs> the, rest, that... for the rest of the challenges. 
Do you know what made me decide on saying again that I'll take my chance is the fact that I did just say that I could land a jab on Overshanko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I better so, reconsider. If, if you don't follow NFL, then you might have to Google him or you might have heard the name before. So have you heard the name Marshawn Lynch before? No. All right. I'll... Anyway, he he's one of the guys who... There was a Super Bowl where they didn't hand it him on the one-yard line, basically, and they tried to pass the ball instead, and he was intercepted. So the challenge here is, if he is on the one-yard line with the ball running, do you think you could stop him? If you've got your phone there, because I can just ping up a picture and see if it'll pop up. Go on, and I've got it here. All right, I'll quickly... This is behind the scenes here that people are getting... (laughs) All right, this is the perfect one. Uh, where are you? Are you sending it through? Um... I'll do it on... Actually, can I do it on Skype? I'll probably have to do it on WhatsApp. Yeah. There we go. If anyone else hasn't heard of him, then they can, they can use this time to Google him. All right, so I've just sent the picture. Should be with you now. <laughs> so on on the one yard line you've got to stop him from getting into the end zone do you think you could stop him is he quick he, he, for his size yeah and strong obviously it's not like touch rugby where no, I reckon even if, if you've got straight, hold of him you do have to be able to ran, stop him if he ran straight at me I'm over yeah nah no way other way around then do you think him defending you do you think you could score on him from a yard out? Yeah, I don't reckon he'll catch me. Oh, that is bold. Do you think you could return a serve from Federer? Um, when we say return a serve, has it got to count? Has it got to like... You don't have to win the point, but you have to get it back over the net. Yeah. Okay. Did you do tennis at school or not? Uh, Kind of. We we didn't do it. It seems like every other school did it. We did more badminton than tennis. Yeah, same. And then uh, the thrill of a bit of uh, softball. We did frisbee as well. <laughs> what? <the>? Fris- <laughs> frisbee? They used to win this forever, mate. <laughs> but like one frisbee between like a class, or like how many frisbees are we talking? That's a, it's like a game of frisbee. Like, have you ever have you not, never watched a game of frisbee? No, and I feel like I've watched most sports, but it's obviously as I've made it. It's it's hard. It's weird. So basically, you've got to kind of just get the frisbee from one side to the other. The, the mental but, thing is here. Like, how many sports have they said they didn't fancy doing for a lesson to eventually settle on frisbee? So like hard, football, no. Cricket, no. Rugby, no. Basketball, no. Tennis, badminton. And then at like number sixty-eight, frisbee. Well, you know what? We could have a good crack doing that with a class, and that's what they decide to go for. Do you know what? I think they should put boxing in schools as well for PE. Not so much obviously the sparring stuff, but I think they should get um, coaches in to kind of teach the fundamentals of boxing. I suppose. Although, can you imagine being the kid that's getting a hard time at school, then knowing that you've got boxing? as your fifth lesson 
I guess so. But it's kind of, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I put that put that idea in my head. It's a bit different. But I think, sorry, forgetting that though, overall, I think it's good kind of, I'm thinking more of kind of like the, the discipline side. Hey, look, it. I'd have it above Frisbee on the list. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Frisbee's the weirdest sport I've ever played. Even ones like cricket where all bar three people three or four people are just stood there fielding and it's actually more of a nightmare when the ball's coming towards you and you've <laughs> got to try and nail the catch i used to like i just love batting cricket oh well, yeah so i mean but if you're not the one if you're not the oh, one yeah, batting, yeah, yeah. then the you're the essentially all that pressure when the ball's in the air and everyone's screaming I think the rest of the sports are relevant. It's just about batting for me, mate. Yeah. Well, I feel like a bit of bowling, to be fair. Although you don't want anyone whacking you for six. Mm. All right, I've got some quick quick fire questions for you. We're on we're on the home stretch here. Going for it. Dog or cat? Dog. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. Eggs or bacon? Eggs. Music or podcasts? Remember what music. you're on. Music. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Cake or pie? Cake. Burger or pizza? Burger. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. And TV show or film? Film. All right. So this leads nicely. So we're on to Netflix. So I've been asking people what they've been watching on Netflix, but I feel like we've ticked off most of them so what i'll ask you a different set of questions and i don't need too much thought but even if it's just the first one that comes in your head when i ask these questions so yeah favorite film what on netflix no just... just anything oh favorite film the town have you seen that yeah yeah great film that or den of thieves <laughs> did you notice were you a usc fan when you watched that well, Max Thieves. Holloway, yeah, Max Holloway He's and Bisting are both in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, favorite TV series? Sorry, sorry. Going back on that, have you watched yeah. on Netflix Spencer Confidential? No, I saw a review saying it was the worst film ever made. Hey, it was Donald Cerrone's in it. That's not convincing me that it's not the worst film ever. <laughs> but <laughs> Do you know what though? He's got like a five-minute little kind of what do they call it? I remember seeing some pictures like of him filming it. I don't think it was that bad of a film, to be fair. It looks Have like you... a nice, easy watch. It's just, do you know them ones where you kind of just sit there and you can have like just something on in the background watch? Or yeah, something yeah. Else? One of them. Yeah, ones. I put it down as one of them. Yeah. Right. So, what's, so what's your favourite TV series? Favourite TV series. Oh, favourite TV series. Of all time? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say there's two. I can't decide out of the two, but I'll name them. Uh, Rick and Morty what? or Friday Night Dinner. Actually, wait. We've got a third in the mix. Of all time. Mate, did you ever watch Dream Team on Sky One? Yeah, we've done multiple podcasts about this, actually. <laughs> 100%. That is my favourite of all time. But then Simba. behind behind that, there's you got Breaking Bad, obviously Rick and yeah. Morty, Friday Night Dinner. You got all of them. But I would say favorite of all time is definitely Dream Team. You know um, the goal films. Yeah. 
do you know they got up to like eight of them? Eight. Yeah, in the end, um, like he's playing in Qatar and he gets killed by a bomb in a restaurant, and then his ghost is in the sequel. No, don't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, like it gets proper mental. I I've only watched three of them, I think. Because well, yeah, you don't, I, I don't think you need to see all eight. No, he plays for Newcastle, then Real Madrid, and then he's in the World Cup, isn't he? I don't know. I can't remember past two. The guy who plays. Um, Santiago, if you look at his IMDb, essentially just goes on to play like members of the cartel as an extra for like the rest <laughs> of his acting career. Can't say I'm surprised, so mate. he didn't peak from there. <laughs> this might be a tough one now then. So, favourite album? Oh, oh, oh. oh, mate. That is a tough one. What's so... the first one that came in your head? First one that came to my head is yeah. um, Dot Rotten's R.I.P. That's the first one that comes to my head, but I would—I don't know if it's my favourite. Uh, mate, what's the uh, the games one? Documentary. <sighs> yes, that one. LAX Files. No, nah, docu- documentary. Yeah, that was an absolute banger. And then, kind of more recently, I would say um, I quite like Bryson Tiller's Trap Soul. Yeah, I think um, Connor mentioned that on one of, one of these ones. But um, I think, not slight, nowadays music is decent, but I think if I was to say a favourite album, it would have to be kind of an, an old classic. Just yeah, the I documentary think, is the one with Hey It or Love It, How We yeah. Do. Because um, I think... The birds classic, are back. Oh no, mate! <laughs> There's only one left. It's got to be the last ah. one. But the the classic like kind of music is a lot better than modern. Can you remember the first album you ever bought? First album I ever bought. I remember it wasn't an album, but it was a it was a tape, and it was Limp Biscuit Rolling. <laughs> Great I song. I used to put that on and just repeat it the whole time. He had a good little run with Rolling uh, My Way. And, uh, there's another one as well. Um, Rolling My Way and Break Stuff on the Chocolate Starfish album. Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavoured Water. What album name that is? Christ. <laughs> oh, man. So, who, who would be your ideal three people to be stuck in quarantine with? Middleton. Ooh, he's not the most popular after his recent. Oh, I know, mate. I've, see, I've <laughs> seen that. It's a bit. Do you know what? I like him, man, but I think he's got. What he's come out and like saying he's still shaking people's hands and the media are scaring people. Like, you kind, kind of got to open your eyes to that a little bit, man. I thought better of him than that. Some, some people you don't need to hear an opinion from things on. I was listening to somebody the other day and they were. And this was from like 2002 or whatever. And um, they were talking about, it was one of Blue, I think it was, got in trouble for their comments about 9-11. And I thought, why are you asking a member of Blue about 9-11? Why do we need to hear what they have to say on the matter? And I guess it's kind of a similar thing. Yes. I did think he he was a lot better than that. But I would say, 
Actually, no, I'm kind of thinking of this differently. I'm thinking of like survival kind of instinct. We're not going to be stuck in the woods. We're stuck in a house, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me, let me, let me uh, think. No, I wouldn't have that middle one. I'd have to have people that are going to... Uh, Kevin Hart. Ice Cube. And... Who else? Gino DeCampo to cook. <laughs> oh, Christ. That is a trio there. And what about the worst three? Oh, the worst three. Tiny. Uh, worst three. Um, hey, I thought this one would be easier than the first one. Yeah. Who, would you, who would your worst three be? Am I allowed to ask I that? I think I had Kay Hopkins. Yeah. Perez Hilton. And then there's a whole list of people that it could be, so you could take your pick. Right, Real Ferdinand. Katie Hopkins would be one that would do my head in. Um, oh, mate, this question's thrown me. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like it's so hard to answer. I think it's because my mind's just thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I can't think of anyone. But then As much would... as I find him funny, I mean, I think I would find Kevin Hart a nightmare after a while. But then I guess you kind of got to take, make the best of everything, ain't you? I mean, I'd rather have someone constantly trying to make you laugh than someone else that's doing your. Yeah. Right. I reckon, I don't think I'd want to be stuck in with Gordon Ramsay, mate. <laughs> He's another one. I wouldn't. Uh, one more. Who really does my head in? Oh, there's a guy on uh, Made in Chelsea. Oh, this is random as hell, but I can't. He grates me. I can't remember what his name is. Is it the main one? He's got blonde hair. Jamie Lang. Is it Jamie? Is his name Jamie or Sam? Sam? S- Sam, he's the one who's now going out with Zara, Zara from Love Island, yes. which kills it, me. He yeah. does my nothing. <laughs> he's just like, he's like very, like, and Him, Katie Hopkins, and Gordon Ramsay is probably the weirdest... hell of a trio there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. I'll be messing with you, mate. I've probably given you more, yeah. like, proper ones. And the three names that came to my head, that's bizarre. We've only got two questions left, so you've got one person to take a penalty, and your life's on the line. Who do you volunteer to take it? So I'm just going to go on the first player that came to my head. Go on. That was, uh, is it Jorginho of Chelsea? Yeah. Christ, that run-up, if he misses for your life, you're going to be fuming. <laughs> this, actually, <laughs> you might sweating. be the good person to ask for this. Um, what are your thoughts on Tim Sherwood? He gets a lot of stick on this podcast and I have to fight his corner. Oh, mate, Tim Sherwood. Obviously, I'm Blackburn legend. He's Blackburn legend, yeah. I mean, There's I don't like, really know too much about him. The so quote from the owner where uh, they were going for Zidane and he said, why do we need Zidane when we've got Tim Sherwood? <laughs> why does he get stick for? Well, that was... That was, oh, that was it. Um, it's from a, no, he's from a Spurs fan, so... Oh, OK. He's not a fan of his. I mean, I don't really know too much about his personality and stuff, but, mate, Blackburn legend. Legend. So, just going off that... I, May I fight his corner with you? 
And then last one, um, what's your favourite 11? Reel it off to us. Here we go. Bear with me. I have to get it up. I don't know off the top of my head. Right. So, are you ready? Yep. Right. In goal, Oliver Kahn. Yep. Back four, Roberto Larcos or Roberto Carlos. Yeah. Fabio Cannavaro. Maldini and Cafu. Two defensive midfielders in Gattuso and Keane. They ain't messing about. No <laughs> nonsense. No nonsense at all. So, three attacking mid- midfielders. Ronaldinho, Zinedine Zidane and Messi. And then a lone striker in R9, Ronaldo. No room for two guy. Mate, so... Get him up it, top instead of R9. Now, do you know what I thought about Chris Samba? <laughs> Sam Allardyce Sam days. Oh, <laughs> Christ. He was he was there, and that's that fateful 4-3 that, as well. It was like all that. of my nightmares coming home at once. I think, from what I remember, he um he spagged a last-minute... Chris Samba went up last minute, made an absolute sublime finish, must I say. And from that point, I... Sam Allardyce started putting him up top. Yeah. And I'm thinking, mate. QPR tried it as well when they paid like a ridiculous amount of wages for him <laughs> from when he was at that like Russian. He was at that Russian club. He was at Jafal. I can't pronounce that because yeah, they... it's like An- Anzi Maka something. Because there was talks of them having a bit of money at one point, weren't there? Yeah, and well, they, they did, and then blew it all away, and then QPR did the same. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I mean, know that. I could have swapped. Well, I just say I could have swapped two guys for Keane, but Keane just broke right. it. That just about wraps us up. So thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. We'll be back next week. Thanks to Ryan for coming on. I appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Adios, everyone. <laughs>